Welcome everyone to In the Lord's Vineyard, a podcast where we strive to see the hand of the Lord in the gathering of Israel. I'm your host, Jason Allen, and today I'm joined by my beautiful wife and co-host, Carrie Allen. So thanks for joining me, Carrie. Uh-huh. And I'm really excited about today's guest. I know I speak for both of us when I say Anne Redford is someone that we love, we highly admire, because she is kind, she is faith-filled, and always has an optimistic attitude. So Carrie, if you wouldn't mind, would you please introduce Anne for us? Yes. So... Anne Redford uh, was born in Spokane, uh, moved to Utah after kindergarten, but she traveled quite a bit as a kid and claims Rose Park as where she really grew up and is from. She's been married for 24 years in December. That's exciting, Anne. Yes. She has five kids, three boys and two girls, and adding a daughter-in-law in February, which is also exciting. She is currently a preschool teacher and was a stay-at-home mom for many years before that. As far as hobbies go, she loves gardening, quilting, painting, reading, and loves anything with water. And a fun fact about Anne, she has 17 half-adopted and or step um, brothers and sisters, which is crazy. I had no idea about that. So that is really cool. And, And last thing, she is currently serving as our state young women's president, which is awesome. We absolutely love and adore I'm Anne Redford, so we're excited to have you on with us today. Yeah, thanks for jumping on, Anne. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we'll start with our uh, first question here. So you mentioned to us that your childhood really you know, shaped who you are and greatly affected your life. You had a lot of good spiritual experiences that have set you up for where you are spiritually. So would you mind maybe sharing more of your backstory and some of those experiences with us? Yeah, so my mom was married and divorced quite a few times so i was she was single most of my childhood so i i didn't experience the traditional you know mother and father in the home and um i always thought it was really kind of fun to get a new stepdad (laughs) it was i didn't ever think that was weird i knew my friends had you know a dad in their home but i just never thought it was weird i just it was just fun so you didn't have any stability right you you didn't have your dad in the home, your mom in the home, taking you to primary on a weekly basis, saying, hey, Anne, let's sit down and do family home evening. Let's read scriptures together. Let's have family prayers. Is that, is that accurate? That's true. Yes, yes. And I had an older sister, and um, we just, I just don't remember going to primary very much. But, um, you know, around middle school, I just, I just, I don't know, I... I just knew that I was a child of God, and I really don't know where I kind of picked that up from. I was baptized, you know, and I had a great experience when I got baptized. I, As soon as I came out of the water, I, I felt the Spirit. I just felt clean is what I felt. And um, I think that was just a little sign from Heavenly Father that He was there. And it, it didn't, you know, it, it, I don't know, it stayed with me. And then... Um, I just, I just always knew that Heavenly Father loved me. And I think that really just saved me from a lot of bad choices. I just knew that I may not have had a earthly dad, but I know, I knew that Heavenly Father loved Anne Redford. And it was just, I think it was a gift. It was a gift from Heavenly Father. I think about that all the time, that how did I know that? My sister, I don't think she knew that. But somehow, Heavenly Father, I, th- I just think that was a gift that he gave me when I came to this earth so that I could be a little bit more grounded when I didn't have a, like a grounded family life, you know? 
what a what a blessing to know to know that you are a daughter of God, right? That is so fundamental to what we believe is that we are children of a heavenly father who loves us and even though you don't have that necessarily like earthly father figure consistently in your life to know that i had a heavenly father to keep you grounded like you said i i love that how did that help through the years were there experiences that you felt like went directly or tied directly back to that knowledge of knowing that you were a daughter of god uh yeah yeah I just wanted to like be in my scriptures when I was the youth, a youth. I just wanted to get to know him, you know, and it really kind of, um, I don't know where this kind of faith came from looking back, but I just remember being bold and blunt about my testimony and just, and I, I don't really know where that came from. It just, it just gave me the confidence I needed to, um, kind of navigate this world in such a way where, you know, my choices were mine and I was going to make good choices. Um, when I was 16 and I first started to get into the dating world, I went out with this guy and we were, went to the fairgrounds to a concert. And I remember walking into the building and as soon as my foot stepped over the door frame into the threshold, I felt the spirit leave me. And I was, I like reached up to my chest, like, oh, you know, I, I felt something. And as I was like kind of processing what was going on, I started to just get mad. Like, why am I here? Why am I here if the spirit is not here? And I started to kind of get mad at my date. Like, how dare him bring me here? <laughs> and I eventually said, I, I just, I need to go home. I, I just knew that I, if the spirit wasn't going to be there, then I didn't want to be there and I have never been back to a concert since then I I just I knew that if if the spirit wasn't there then I shouldn't be there so I boldly said hey I need to go home right now and it was actually one of my really good friends it was her older brother and I don't know he was always very nice to me but he probably was like whoa okay <laughs> I love that, Anne. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing. And it's cool that you mentioned, you know, it is it's a spiritual gift. You know, in scriptures, it talks about how there's lots of spiritual gifts, like knowing that Jesus is the Christ, things like that. But we don't ever really get to hear of that spiritual gift of knowing from a young age, you are a daughter of God or a son of God. That's a really strong thing. And I think it's, we can see why you've worked with the youth a lot, I think, in your lifetime, because you have done a great job trying to instill that in the youth. Right. Once you understand fundamentally that you're a child of God, like your story mentioned, you act accordingly. Right. You realize you're not of the, but you need to be in the world, and so how how you should just act differently. So I love that story, and thank you. Yeah, it's amazing to hear some of these experiences um, from you in your youth, and yeah, having having this gift that you felt like came directly from your heavenly Father of that knowledge and how it's affected you not only through your teenage years, but your life as we've as we've known you and as we've been able to see how how bold you are and how you have helped the youth and those around you to to know that as well so jumping ahead a little bit you didn't serve a mission but you have sent two missionaries on missions one that's currently serving so we're excited to hear about some of those experiences uh what experiences did you have getting their mission papers Are there any specific experiences 
you know, I, the um, process is very overwhelming. And so Brad really kind of took that on, um, which I'm so thankful for him for doing that because it's, it, it is a process. <laughs> but, you know, when um, they hit, so I had an experience where um, I came home and they were very close to being done and I didn't, I really wasn't involved, but I knew that they were close and I came home and I walked in the door and I, I felt something in the house and I was like, is everybody okay? Or, you know, what's going on? And, and my soon to be missionary was like, well, we hit submit. We, we submitted the papers and they're, they're in. And I, I felt the spirit come into my home the minute that they hit submit. And I thought that was just such a sweet experience for me, for Heavenly Father to give to me that he was saying, you know, um, I'm with your family right now, even before they got their call, even before, you know, we knew where they were going, like instantly when they committed that they were going to be a missionary, I, I felt something enter my home and it was just such a sweet experience because Heavenly Father was basically telling me that it's going to be okay. I've got you. I've got your boy. I, I'm here. There's just a special feeling in your in your home now because your son's so willing to serve. And I, I kind of cherish that. <laughs> I love that story. I love that story so much because there is a difference when you feel that abundance of spirit in your home all of a sudden. You know, something, something has happened. I will say, you know, it was it's not always here. Like, I don't feel it every day, but I did feel it that one little time. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a good testimony to you and also a strength, right? It, it's not easy to send out missionaries, I'd imagine. So I'd love to ask you, it was the next question as a mom, what is it like sending missionaries out of mission field? I know it was difficult for my mom. And for me as a young man, when I got in the MTC, I was, you know, excited. But as I lay in bed that first night, I was like, wow. Two years is a long time. But from a mom's perspective, would you mind sharing with us what it was like sending out your missionaries? So, you know, I had two, I have had two boys. So Owen got home about a year ago and Jager is still out. And um, I worried or I worry about each of them differently. With Owen, he is, um, he's kind of bold and a little stubborn, <laughs> a little rebellious. And so I worried... I worried for him that he would, you know, enjoy the work or enjoy the grind and being told what to do and having this schedule that, you know, wasn't his, it was, it's the Lord's work. Right. And then Jager, Jager is, Jager has a lot of anxiety and, and it can shut him down. And so I just, I just remember worrying about that boy, like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know if he can do this. I don't know if I can, if he can function on a mission. I don't know if it's going to be too stressful. And so, you know, I had just kind of settled on the fact that it, it is what it is. It's whatever happens is going to happen. And I think, um, yeah, I just, you just worry the whole time they're out. <laughs> so has he, have either of your sons had those experiences where, Lord has helped them, you know, get past that anxiety, get past that stubbornness and see that he really is there working side by side with them. Yeah. You know, I didn't really, um, you know, as they call and stuff and they talk to, about, you know, problems they're having with their companions or, 
you know, insight on scriptures to help with their lesson. You get to see them kind of work through their problems, per se, you know. I didn't really see, I don't know, when Owen came home and, you know, I saw him is when I saw the big, biggest difference. I, his testimony, he just lived his testimony. You know, it was just, you could just see it. And he was just a different kid. He came home and he was, you know, getting up for church and that wasn't always the case before. And he was just totally different. A mission changed Owen so much, uh, which I, I really think that, um, you know, he did baptize and he did um, have success. But I think the biggest reason why Owen went on his mission was for him. And I'm starting to think that maybe that's the case. That's maybe the case why missionaries go out is, is the conversion for them more than anything else. Obviously, the Spirit's there converting other people, but I love the change that Owen had. And Jager, Jager is, I'm learning a fighter. He just, if, a, if something comes up and he's worried about it, he just pushes through it. And I know that's because of the Spirit and the Lord, that Heavenly Father is going to help him overcome and help him do the task at hand. This boy has had to travel on the train alone between areas so many times, like three hour train rides. And I think before that, he would not been able to do that. But having the Lord, being on the Lord's errand, I think has really like given him the confidence. And like, sometimes he tells me things and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> because the Jager at home didn't have this, um, I don't know, this um, ability to like, just not worry about his anxiety, but just move forward. So yeah, I love that. <clears throat> and you mentioned in the notes that he had a problem getting his visa, which I'm sure added to his anxiety. What miracles did you see in him getting to the mission field and then his experiences when he was there in England? So Jager is he. We have seen so many blessings with Jager. It's really kind of fun to talk about his mission because there were there are so many that are continually happening. Um, so he accidentally checked United Kingdom when he submitted his papers instead of the United States of America. And so for the longest time, they thought that they we were over there, basically. But it showed our stake and our address as the U.S. So we were getting mail from him or for him, like his tags and stuff. But they just thought we didn't need a visa because we were over there. And so about four weeks before he entered the MTC, we got, we called and we're like, we haven't seen the, the visa papers yet. We've, we have his passport. It's been, we've had it forever. We haven't seen the visa papers. And that's when we figured out that's the mistake. And so they hurry and send it to us. We filled it out. Brad drove up there to Salt Lake, turned it into the church office building. Thank heavens we live in Utah. <laughs> And um, he entered the MTC. Uh, his whole uh, district were all going to England. And there were only like two missionaries that got their visas. His, his came through. So that was a miracle. So then he left um, and he arrived in the Birmingham mission. Unknowing to us, they were splitting the mission over there in the United Kingdom. So... Wherever, whatever area they landed in, it was going to be their new mission. And he ended up in the Bristol mission, Bristol, England mission. So that's a miracle because 
Jagger was sent to the land of like his ancestors. <laughs> his great 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 grandfather. Let's see. His name is Thomas Kington. He heard Wilfred Ridruff um, at this chapel preach to the to this group of men and a uh, congregation, and um, he converted them. And Jagger was able to go to that chapel. It was in his area. So had he not, had the visa not come in, he would have been into the Birmingham mission and had missed this opportunity to go to this chapel, which is called the Gadfield Elm Chapel. It's like the oldest chapel in England that the church owns. And so he, Jagger got a Barry's testimony at the pulpit that his grandfather preached and bore and and heard the gospel. So. And, and at this time that this was happening, you could feel it. You could feel our ancestors like giddy and joy that he was there. It was really cool. So that that's another miracle. And you know, the people that Jager have met on his mission are incredible. I don't know. He just got, um, he just got transferred back to Wales. And on his Facebook page, it said, you know, that he, he lives there now. And, um, all these um, sisters were like, welcome back. Welcome back to Welsh. Welcome. And it just like warmed my heart. And he just has a little special spot for them. So I'm just seeing all sorts of good things with Jager. <laughs> that is amazing. I love hearing that story about Chapel, that whole miracle with his visa. You can totally see how the Lord's timing is perfect. So often I think we get frustrated with the mistakes that we make or whatever happens that messes up our timing on things, how we think things should go. And yet, um, in hindsight, you see the miracles that were occurring. You see the hand of the Lord and, um, and those little miracles that put us in the right place at the right time. And I love, I love that you said your ancestors were giddy. I think, I think there is so much truth in that as we are doing missionary work on this side, our yeah. ancestors are doing just as much work on the other side, trying to, trying to get all of this work done. Yeah. Right. So I, I love that. Oh, that just makes me so happy to hear those miracles. So you had kind of mentioned some of these other blessings. Are, are there specific blessings that you have noticed in your family from your missionaries being out? We know that sometimes some families see huge blessings and miracles happen when they send missionaries out but not always sometimes they're the smaller smaller blessings kind of day-to-day -day blessings in your lives what what blessings have you seen you know to be honest I haven't seen a lot of like flaring like blessings of having a missionary out um but I know that the example that um, my missionary set for my younger kids is huge I know I know that's big. I, you know, my kids talk about their brothers who are on a mission. And I know that is a big deal. I think that, um, that example is priceless. So I don't see like many day to day, but, um, I do love when, uh, the, my missionaries would ask us to pray for them or for people who they're teaching. It just really like kind of brought, um, how missionaries, how real it is, you know, to my younger kids, like, oh, oh, you know, I realize that Jager is preaching to these people and, you know, is asking us for help for him to do his work, which is is great. I love that. 
And I love that, um, you know, having companions is hard. It's probably one of the hardest things about being a missionary. And so uh, we hear a lot about that. And my younger kids get to hear about problem solving and social skills and, you know, how, how is it going this week with, with this missionary who doesn't like the way you chew or, you know what I mean? So it's great for them to kind of hear their experiences or their hardships and how they are dealing with them and moving forward with and past that and, and loving your companion despite the quirks and the flaws. So that's been great. I also love that, um, you know, having my kids out kind of changes the dynamic in the home. You know, when Owen left, it allowed Jager and Luke to have um, a different kind of brotherly love or a relationship. They got to interact as the only two brothers, which really strengthened them. And now that Jager's out, I get to see that with Owen and Luke. How, you know, just taking one brother out <laughs> really helps them forge a new friendship and a new love for one another. So that is a blessing. I, I see that at home. And, you know, Savannah and Jager, boy, they struggled when they both lived here at home. <laughs> they, they fought a lot. And, but since Jager's been on his mission, Savannah has used him as her buddy that she could tell things to like you know I'm not gonna tell mom and dad that I'm having these um struggles but I'm gonna I'm gonna text my brother and he has really been there for her and you know what he gets preachy and he has his missionary hat on and she loves it I don't I don't know what it is but she is eating it up and listens to him like she doesn't really want to listen to mom and dad right now but she'll listen to Jager which I think is I did not see that one. That one, that has been a blessing to see their relationship forge for the good. And they're like hundreds of miles away from each other. I don't know how that's working, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I love that, Anne. I'd encourage all of our listeners, too, to think about the blessings they're seeing in their family if they have you know, missionaries out. A lot of times the blessings can be more subtle or come on so gradually we might not notice until they're gone. Yeah. Right. And I think it's cool. You've hit on a few things, right? It, it has strengthened your family's testimonies of the Savior, which is a big thing. Increase your testimony of missionary work and also help bond you all closer together, right? And eternal families are so important. So I think you can see the Lord blessing you in the very key ways, right? Yeah. He's not going to give you a huge mansion. He's not going to give you a Ferrari, but he's blessing you in eternal ways, right? And if yeah. they're subtle, but they're eternal. Yeah. I also, the other one that I loved, and kind of pulled out as you were talking was specifically about Owen when you said him coming home was such a blessing to see how his testimony had really taken root and that he had truly become converted right that that there had been that big change that you had seen I that one really really sticks out to me because that conversion is so important for all of us and if a missionary can gain that testimony and become converted themselves. And if they can help their family in that way as well, what what a huge blessing. Those, those eternal blessings. I like that. Yeah, and I, I think we can see, right, uh, President Nelson has increased that call for more missionaries. Maybe it's just me personally, but I feel like there's been a lessening in recent years of young men and maybe some men and women of going on missions. It, it's maybe felt a little more optional 
for young men versus like, hey, this is a priesthood duty. And I think as President Nelson and the rest of the general authorities and they're, they're pushing that more because they know the eternal consequences for those young men, those young women, right? Yeah. And we've talked about conversion. You come home solidified in your testimony, hopefully of the Savior. Your family's blessed. You bless those around you. But like you mentioned before, Anne, if you come home converted, that is the most important thing from a mission. I remember, you know, when you get home from a mission, they, they take you to, to meet with the high council and you kind of give a report on your mission. And I remember they asked me, you know, what was the most important thing that happened to you on your mission? And the only thing that came to mind was the Savior has become my best friend, right? He, he was with me the entire time. He's become my best friend. And that was the most important thing to me that happened in those two years or 18 months, right? Not only was I converted, but he became my best friend. So, Anne, what advice would you have for youth considering going on a mission? After seeing your two boys go out and trying to help them through that process, what advice do you have? Well, Jason, it's funny that you mention um, reporting to the High Council because I get to listen to those missionaries um, as a member of the stake, um, I don't know, what is it, stake committee? I get to, I get to hear those missionaries report to the High Council. And it's one of my favorite things. I I absolutely love it. Those our missionaries are, and when they come home, I just I just am in awe. <laughs> so what I would say to somebody um, who is debating whether to go, do it. I didn't go on a mission, but hearing these elders and watching my boy come home and listening to Brad's stories, I. I know Heavenly Father is going to send you to a place and be around people that your talents and your testimony and your personality are going to touch someone that Heavenly Father has in mind. And I think that like that is very obvious that you are sent somewhere where um, someone needs to hear you. He needs to hear your testimony. I also think that, you know, a mission has the opportunity to change you for the better. And so I think you find skills on your mission that you're going to refine, that you can refine when you come home. And I think Heavenly Father is going to use all the stuff that you learned on your mission um, to help you in your for the rest of your life. And um, I'm seeing that as these as these missionaries are reporting that, you know, um, we just had a sister report and she, I remember her saying, I didn't have anybody to talk to except the Lord. Like I, I had all these issues and these problems and I couldn't call my parents and I couldn't call my best friend. I had to rely on the Lord. I had to talk to the Lord about my issues and my problems and together we found solutions. And I think, I mean, that's the whole purpose of our, of life, right? That's the whole purpose of of bending our will to the Lord's and and trying to figure out how to get things done that Heavenly Father wants in Heavenly Father's way to get them done. Yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, I think that's great. And and you know we we thank the missionaries a lot for their service and rightly so. But I think we should also thank the moms, the dads, the brothers, the sisters that send them out and support them from home. Right, it's a big deal to send out a missionary, and and we can tell that you have trained your sons and your daughters well. They always say that the home is the first missionary training center, right? It is the MTC. If you can build up those testimonies before they even hit the mission field, I mean, they can hit the ground running, right? And so we can tell that you have done that with your children. I don't know how much I did, but my boys did pretty good. 
<laughs> oh, we're carrying it a lot. You you are awesome, Anne. And it has been so fun to to get to know you and your family to see um, the impact that you guys have on on everyone around you. Because you are bold. You guys do have solid testimonies and you are converted and grounded. What a blessing to all those around you. I I love your simple advice of, of do it. If you're thinking about going on a mission, do it. Uh, it, it really made me think of DMC section four, where it talks about how if you have a desire, you're called to the work, right? And um, I I just love that. If I think so often we skip over that verse, but truly all we need is a, a desire. If you have that desire, Heavenly Father is going to use you, and He's going to put you where where He needs you. He's going to use your talents and your personality, just like you said, and place you in the perfect position to meet the right people that you touch. We really appreciate you, Anne, and coming on and helping us out and, and sharing your experiences. But it's been fa- fantastic to hear. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Anne. And, and thanks to all of our listeners. We hope you felt uplifted by Anne's testimony and her experiences. And we'll see you all next time on In the Lord's Vineyard. <laughs>